with all this macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese? Hey, you know what I like. <laughs> I grew up on macaroni and cheese. Hey, listen, I never say no when it comes to macaroni and cheese. Here, have a seat. Thanks. I used to eat this stuff by the ton. Welcome to Karate Kid 3 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 3, three out-of-hand minutes at a time. I'm Robin. <laughs> I'm Matt. That that double three tripped me up. Uh, <laughs> no guests this week. It's just us. Uh, but just that's me okay. and my There's... cat. <laughs> oh, 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 cool. Uh, you want, uh, do you want the cat to introduce him or herself? Uh, he's right up on the microphone, but he he's, doesn't seem to be saying anything. <laughs> wow. Worst guest host. Yeah, sounds like a cat to me. Uh, <laughs> totally ignorant of everything around. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we are talking about minutes forty-five to forty-eight of the Karate Kid Part Three. They begin with Daniel and Terry bowing to each other, and end with Jessica taming the snake. <laughs> Phrasing. Um, we pick up where we left off on Friday with Terry Silver. You know, this nice guy from South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Miyagi's garden. He's telling Daniel and Mr. Miyagi about the death of John Kreese. Master of deception. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and, he's, yeah. and what's his everyman outfit? Like, it's just... just it's like sweat, a gray sweat. sweater, blue jeans. Oh, no, he's wearing jeans. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Daniel's wearing sweats. You think Terry Silver wears blue jeans on any other occasion except for he doesn't infiltration. <laughs> he doesn't look super comfortable in them. <laughs> no, no. He probably doesn't have those uh, Chuck Norris action action jeans. Right. Where you can make high kicks with them. Yeah. He he's, he always stuff. wants to kick as high as he can, and he knows yeah. he would split those jeans right down the middle if he tried. <laughs> That's actually where the ripped jean phenomenon came from. Uh <laughs> Lots of 80s karate students, you know, newly karate, uh, newly obsessed with karate, you know, doing high kicks and ripping their jeans left and right. It was a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got away from the ripped crotch, which that's (laughs) actually what comes from it, and got into, like, ripping down. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, We might have mentioned it on Friday, uh, but I can't – I feel like it, 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 it can't be stressed enough, like – there is a snake in the grass. Like we, this is the first time, not, not, not the snake, the, Terry, uh, a Cobra Kai member, uh, originator here standing in this safe place mm-hmm. that Miyagi and, uh, Dan, you know, Daniel's helped create getting them to bow to him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, and except for, you know, they, as far as they know, at least, I mean, he's been here before he's like, Oh yeah, I know. I knew the way. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it just, yeah, again, it kind of reminds me of the whole thing where John Kreese shows up at Cobra Kai walking into the backyard. You're like, what? <laughs> what is he doing yeah. in here? <laughs> but uh, Terry goes on to tell them that Kreese actually vowed to come apologize himself. Uh, it, I, I just imagining the conversation that Terry's making up in his head. <laughs> John just like, I don't know. Guy. I'm really upset about, I really hurt that kid. You know, I, <laughs> they should have known. They should have known this was bullshit right then and there. <laughs> it's all right, John. It's all right. You know, alcohol gets the better of us or whatever it is. You're, you're high yeah. on. <laughs> crack. crack gets the better, best of us. And uh, yeah, Terry even gets a, gets all choked up <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I I did 
want to make a note here. I think last week in our conversation, it's uh, our guests implied, and I don't know if we went along with it, that maybe Miyagi smells something fishy here. And I, I just really don't think so. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Near the at the end of the scene, by the end of the scene, I don't I don't think he does. I think they're both just kind of like, wow, that was that's that's too bad. <laughs> they're very trusting. Yeah, I think they're they're good people, and and they really they just really feel sorry. Um, matter of fact, the the junior novelization says Daniel felt sorry about Crease. It was sad to know he'd been a good friend to such a nice man as Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel wished he could have lived to change his ways. So. Um, but yeah, this is when Terry thanks them and walks out. And I love how, how uh, Thomas Ian Griffith kind of mugs for the camera as he leaves. You know, not exactly looking into it, but just like he knows the audience is watching and Daniel and Miyagi are not. <laughs> he almost shakes his head like those idiots. <laughs> A little smirk on his face. Um. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of wrap up the scene with uh, Daniel saying, oh, it's too bad, and, and Miyagi agreeing, and then it's going, all right, well, let's get back to doing kata. Um, it, it, to me, I'm just like, oh, this could have been a moment for some, you know, wise words from Miyagi, you know, just something, something he has passed down from his ancestors or some sort of, you know, some sort of novel saying, mm-hmm. like... Um, you know, like father used to say, haters going to hate, 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 and I'm going to shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> Daniel would be like, wow, you were, that was really good. That should be a song. Um, or like, you know, back in Okinawa, they used to say, you know, F around and find out, you know. <laughs> Daniel's like, the rating on this is uh, PG, by the way. Anyway. We go to Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees, a perfect business name. Uh, I don't care what anybody else says, uh, where Daniel is washing his hands. And I'm like, oh, my God, was he actually working or did he just like was eating like fried chicken before? And he's like, oh, my hands are so greasy. Uh, I'm sure he was uh, (laughs) either he was working or he's about to lie and say that he hasn't already eaten. (laughs) <laughs> when yeah, he in right. fact just ate a big bucket of fried chicken <laughs> yes yes and uh yeah it's here i noticed like i was just thinking like we never see customers in this shop do we like ever <laughs> not not a single time <laughs> never ever there is a couple times when people are delivering bonsai trees in the future but that's about it uh is jessica does jessica count as a customer no she's 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 helping uh, supply things for the shop but but she does come in with a paper bag and uh it turns out that she's got mac and cheese <laughs> and he's all about the mac and cheese oh gosh uh yeah you know what i like <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah she mentions like she was supposed to dine with her aunt pat and i just want to ask you like who the hell is pat do, do you have uh, any idea the one who owns the store, she says. But I don't think we ever meet her. All right. Well, I was I was putting an in joke there for oh, something the... that only you'd get, and uh, everybody else listening is like, "What?" But uh, so, but you got it now, right? Uh, are you talking about the SNL character? No. <laughs> Which From Pat? Buffy. Buffy. Uh... Joyce's Joyce's friend Pat. 
Oh remember yeah. Remember we potential. Folks, if you like Buffy, listen to Potential Cast. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, forgot about you might, that. If you're really a super fan, you might be like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, the, Joyce had a friend named Pat, and uh, one of the in jokes on that show is, "Who the hell is Pat?" Yeah. Um. But yeah, she owns the shop. But she had to do some things, and she, and so I guess uh, Jessica got stuck with a whole bunch of mac and cheese that she was going to share with Pat. But now, now she's got got some to share with Daniel. All right, first off, what what is she wearing? <laughs> uh, what is this sweater? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just going to assume her grandmother made it, and she's, <laughs> she feels bad, and she's forced to wear it. It's got it's like, a hashtag on it. It's like it's very it's it's ahead of time, ahead of the time, you know. It's uh, got a hashtag. Not there's nothing after the hashtag, so I mean it's so early in in hashtagging anything. You probably it's just like hashtag this shirt. <laughs> That's not how it works. Somehow it didn't take off. No. Um, and yeah, what's the story with Jessica? Like she's from Ohio. She gets <laughs> cheated on. She moves to L.A. To stay in an apartment from her aunt above her aunt's pottery shop to work there. She apparently is good at pottery herself. She she is and and is given such uh, charge of the shop that she can like take orders and create pots and custom make pots mm-hmm. like without her aunt's input, I guess. <laughs> and then suddenly her boyfriend wants to make up with her, and she's like, "Well, I'm going back home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all feels super super scattershot and like not thought out and like changed on the fly probably. <laughs> yeah. How does this fit with Daniel's story is the question, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it, yeah. not that well, doesn't make sense on its own, but uh, like, if she's so if she, like, if she's came here and she can leave on the fly so quickly, she didn't come here because her aunt needed her, but no. yet she's also really good at pottery. Well, good. I don't know how I can't really judge. So maybe it's like a family thing. Like all the Andrews. Big into potteries. Big potheads. <laughs> yes. Did you notice the um the dubbing over of the uh the of of um Daniel's lines where he's like, <laughs> Oh, I love mac and cheese. It doesn't doesn't really fit his lips. No, I didn't. Oh, well, I was just time. so entranced by the words. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So let's get it like Daniel's monologue where he seems to say the words macaroni and cheese. I am just mac and cheese, macaroni and cheese, like 87 times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> macaroni and cheese. You know what I like? I grew up a macaroni and cheese. I never say no when it comes to macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and, uh, and it, it's not the most easy thing to say either. I wonder <laughs> if he flubbed his lines a few times. Yeah. Maybe it was just like, you know what I like? I grew up on spaghetti. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. Uh, <laughs> I, ne- I never, I don't know what it, I never say no when it comes to cocaine. I mean, uh, macaroni and cheese. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> Anytime uh, I hear about mac and cheese, though, I, I get hungry. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to eat as well. Oh, so good. Like, what, what's your favorite? Uh, Is like favorite a, kind? Like a nice baked one, you mm. know? But just one that's done in the oven, maybe with like breadcrumbs, all crunchy breadcrumbs on top. Mm. Okay, so you prefer homemade versus box? Yeah. Like, do you do you have like like is there a certain aunt or grandma or I I shouldn't? Is that's there? Just my, 
<laughs> just my sure. mom. She used to make it a lot. Yeah, when I was a kid. So, so Louis, so makes, I didn't want to genderize it. <laughs> <laughs> what woman makes the best macaroni and cheese? <laughs> it uh, was my mom. Yeah, yeah. I never really grew up on. I, I think it was at going to my friend's house when I would be like, somebody make homemade mac and cheese. And I'd be like, yeah, but do you, do you know how to make it right, though? <laughs> like, where's the powdered <laughs> orange stuff? <laughs> what is that stuff? <laughs> oh, that's the one you, you, you like, huh? Well, as a kid, sure. I mean, <laughs> as a grown up, I can tell that it's it's garbage and mm -hmm. uh, I should, you know, it, you get a little bit more flavor out of um baked mac and cheese or regular okay, mac and so, cheese yeah so much so like if i was to get a, a box macaroni and cheese i would want to get like a like a velveta or like a thick and creamy like something that's just uh -huh. not a bunch of noodles thrown in and stirred around with some powder <laughs> although that'll do in a pinch especially if you got hot dogs to throw in there <laughs> yeah yeah oh, well, that, hungry now it's okay. We have only just begun to talk about mac and cheese. I hope everybody's ready to order mac and oh, cheese today. Oh, you have today. the history of mac and cheese ready? Uh, everything. But, you know, I wanted to have a conversation with you. For, I mean, the <laughs> hot dog thing makes me think about ketchup. Like, do that's, you that's like having ketchup? Not not a mac and cheese. Really? Even box mac and cheese? Like, I can understand, like, regular uh, homemade mac and cheese. You don't want to do that to it. But... No. If anything, if I put anything on it, it'd be hot sauce, like Frank's Red Hot. Oof. Yeah, I see. I'm not big into like hot stuff, so. Oh. Except for you. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that went over like a lead balloon. Um, <laughs> how about how, what's what's your stance on uh, macaroni and cheese at holiday dinners? Does mac does, is macaroni and cheese like a staple dish that comes up in like I don't think it is. Or, no. Yeah, some it, was, it was like a family dinner thing, like just the family. I don't think anyone ever really brought it to like potlucks or whatever. Mm, mm. Now, are you strictly like an elbow guy or are you getting to you get crazy with shells or spirals? All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the, the sad thing about this scene is we don't get a shot of the mac and cheese. No, like barely when we see it. Uh, about to be eaten by uh, somebody else who comes in later. Uh, that's about the closest we get. Yeah, that mac and cheese deserved a hero shot. Mm, it really did, especially for the the heroics it serves uh, later. <laughs> um, yeah. How about some How about some uh, mac and cheese history? I've got okay. So, food historians found a recipe back in 13th century Italy for macaroni cooked in water and tossed with grated cheese. That's like the earliest version found of <laughs> mac and cheese. Um, it was imported uh, for Americans. It turns out that uh, Thomas Jefferson and his uh, slave slash chef, uh, James Hemmings, had mac and cheese in Paris. And Thomas loved it so much, he sat and he drew a sketch about it. He wrote detailed notes about how it tasted, what he thinks went into it. And and then he got a U.S. ambassador to France to get the machine that made the macaroni <laughs> to yeah. get to import it. He loved it so much. Wow. Now, I didn't want to be just uh, about Americans. You know, you are Canadian. I wanted to find out about how Canada got uh, mac and cheese. Uh, I mean, unless that's something that's taught to you in the history books up there. 
Yeah, there's a there's a our heritage commercial about it. <laughs> <laughs> there should be because uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, it is very popular in, in Canada. Craft um, yeah. dinner, mm-hmm. uh, which is known as Craft mac and cheese here in the states, mm-hmm. you guys in Canada consumed consume 55% more boxes of Kraft mac and cheese slash Kraft dinner than Americans. I'm going to assume it's because we're poor. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly 25% of the 7 million boxes that Kraft sells each week goes to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) To me, I was just like, wow. This does not... Like we're our stereotypes, oh dumb fat Americans eating everything in sight. That <laughs> makes no sense to me that Canada would would eat that much mac and cheese, but I guess it's pretty popular. I don't eat it that much, but yeah, that is funny. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of food, the food myth. Uh, you guys know that uh, we have actual bacon in Canada, right? I was just thinking about this today while I was making bacon. Mm, I've making seen, bacon oh hey freddy <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen so many people be like oh poor canadians they don't have bacon that like you, you guys have canadian bacon down there which is just ham right <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah, yeah. so yeah. Do, do most people assume we don't have actual bacon here i haven't asked around uh, but i will <laughs> i will next time okay. take a poll <laughs> we have bacon and Excuse me, sir. You're walking by. Hey. What what you call Canadian bacon, we call ham. <laughs> right, right. Hmm. So how how does one make correct bacon? I don't know. It's like, just, is it just? I thought it was just the strips of yeah, you know, fatty looking like. Yeah, that's that? what we got. I don't know what this Canadian bacon thing is. Ah, uh, well, I didn't research that, but <laughs> it was a tangent. I, I was just thinking about it today. I was making breakfast. <laughs> I did uh, look up about Kraft Dinner. I was like, why is it called Kraft Dinner? Yes, I'm interested to know the naming convention thing. Uh, Because I I looked it up on Quora, (laughs) which is just like user-submitted answers, um, which is more interesting to me. Uh, Some of the snarky remarks are, because calling it mac and cheese would somehow suggest there's actually cheese in that orange powder. (laughs) and. And then another one, which is, wow, this is interesting. Because unlike silly Americans, Canadians know that macaroni and cheese is a main dish, not a side dish. Oh. <laughs> wow. But then why is craft Dinner called dinner? Dinner implies a whole meal. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's really called craft macaroni and cheese dinner. It's just that oh. you guys just shortened it to craft Dinner. And actually, recently, it's just called KD. Yep. You get some KD? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, you know, back to the history lesson, it really picked up popularity, like we talked about how cheap it is during the Great Depression, because, yeah, it's just powdered, powdered cheese and, you know, uncooked noodles. It was very portable, very cheap, and it was huge for soldiers fighting overseas. Um, and then I found some references to mac and cheese in movies and TV. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the recently, the Netflix movie, The Atom Project with Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And his younger self, they did commercials for Kraft Mac and Cheese because I guess uh, um, he's Canadian. It was a sponsor or something. No, I think it was actually just it wasn't for Kraft Dinner. It was for Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. <laughs> In the movie Mandy, there's a there's something called Cheddar Goblin Mac and Cheese. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Um, Brad Pitt makes Mac and Cheese in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, 
on the show Parks and Rec, Ben Wyatt seduces Leslie Nope with the words, I'm going to make a macaroni and cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and P- speaking of uh, seduction, did, did you see Hawkeye? Uh, yep. Oh, Man, yeah. That, they uh, She shared some uh, mac and cheese with Yelena. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Jeff for reminding me of one of the best moments in mac and cheese uh, cinematic history, which is just Florence Pugh uh, eating mac and cheese out of a pot. Threatening uh, this... eating mac, mac and cheese. Yeah. Well, <laughs> having this great conversation with Haley Steinfeld. And I think she kept adding hot sauce or something, didn't she? Yeah, that's right. Yep. I think that was improvised, I think. Yeah. Like the amount of hot sauce. Uh, and the final one, uh, you Home Alone fans out there are screaming right now. The quote, of course, Kevin says before he eats, bless this highly nutritious microwavable mac and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale. Amen. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest tra- travesty in film or tragedy in film is that that thing doesn't get eaten. Oh. It looks so cozy and, and warm and good and he doesn't eat it. I know, but Ex- except in that. Huh? Micro- microwaved? I, I'm just gonna say microwave mac and cheese, no good. It no still good. looks. It still looks good. It looks like mm. just. It looks like it would just warm you up and throw uh, that trash out. <laughs> <laughs> but he does get to eat it in the. Uh, what was it? A Google commercial that was kind of like a continuation. It was like a. Smart, oh really? Yeah, it was like a smart home commercial, and it was like Kevin grown up, and uh, his smart home takes care of the robbers while he actually gets to eat the mac and cheese. <laughs> it actually had Macaulay Culkin in it. I think I saw that, but I never knew that that was a thing, like the sadness that that macaroni and cheese doesn't get eaten. <laughs> More like, it's a, there's an intruder, <laughs> leave the mac and cheese. <laughs> um, yeah, so the amount of joy that Daniel gets from mac and cheese should be, like, bottled and sold to people and just be like and then I'm you gonna can hu- put it then you can put it on your mac and cheese yeah <laughs> i was thinking you could huff it out of the bottle but uh <laughs> yeah just pour it over your mac and cheese as you're stirring <laughs> in a pot like florence pew um and uh i also you know i don't mean to be mean but in a movie where like the star's weight seems to fluctuate depending on which scene he's in mm-hmm. it's really not doing him any favors by being like i used to eat this stuff by the ton <laughs> <laughs> We could tell. Mm. Have you noticed his weight fluctuating, by the way? Uh, I, I I guess I have, because I, I do notice him looking bigger in certain scenes, but then, I, I don't know, I guess I had, wasn't conscious that he keeps going back and forth. Yeah, they filmed this movie uh, out of order uh, quite a bit. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a, a, a little tease for Friday. There's, there's uh, something else that might have contributed to that, but I'll save that. <laughs> um. But yeah, then Jessica has another. Uh, sorry, I don't want to take it away from mac and cheese, but we got to move, keep moving. Um, Jessica has another surprise. She's got a pot for Mr. Miyagi, and uh, Daniel's very happy about it. And uh, nice. I would have laughed if Daniel just started scooping mac and cheese into it. It's like this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> this might hold as much as I'm gonna eat. <laughs> All right, you know what I like is just not. You just don't say that to somebody. I don't know. That just doesn't. This seems a little, awkward, I don't know, weird. Um, and so the bonsai bonsai tree uh, design, uh, in the junior novelization, it says that it's the Miyagi family crest that that bonsai. Yeah, I mean, 
I think later they see the tree, uh, the wild, and they say it does look like the crest. Yeah, and and then and then she comments that it looks like the one on the pot too. So yeah, mm-hmm. is that yeah. just coincidence, or did she like see it somewhere and copied it? Um, yeah, I I don't yeah I I I just assume that he can't kind of gave her this the design like based on his gi or something. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. And you know, um, because the one on, the bonsai on the flyer doesn't look like the Miyagi Do bonsai, the traditional one. Um. I did learn about how they do these designs on clay pots <laughs> with uh, so, like, oh boy, carving tools, go. maybe carving what? tools. Yeah. yeah. They say they do it when the clay is leather hard, which means, uh, uh, sorry, I think Siri just picked me up. Uh, <laughs> Siri, Siri's like leather, you know what I like, <laughs> you know what I like. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it basically means like, you can't do it too soft. It's going to be too messy. And if you try to carve something when it's too hard, it'll crumble. So you got to get it when it's just right. <laughs> Sounds annoying. Um, yeah. uh, most potters put it like a stencil on the clay and carve through, but this is more like a relief carving. Uh, like the tree is like raised from the surface of the pot rather than carved into it. Mm, and so she, I assume it's just like slap a piece of clay on there and then whittle it down. Maybe, or, I, I don't know. I, I assume it's either done by hand or if she's going to like mass produce these for this shop, like make like 20 of them or something, perhaps she made a mold and poured the clay into it. Mm. But yeah, again, like how much money did Daniel, did Daniel have to put down on ordering these pots or did Jessica be like, what do you, what do you think of this? And then she's, they're going to buy more uh, if he's okay with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you buy a little tree from Miyagi's, uh, 75% of the price is going to be the pot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, I wonder, uh, you know, we've been talking about ways to bring Jessica into Cobra Kai. And, you know, Daniel does give away those bonsai trees. What if he gets them, gets those pots still made by uh, Jessica's aunt? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't need Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get away for somebody to come for, 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 for every single character previously in the movies to come back. I mean, it's just nostalgia. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then Daniel's like, I've got a surprise for you. And he pulls out some uh, tickets to a dance club, uh, which is called the downstairs, which I, I looked and nope, not a real dance club. Oh, but um yeah, here's another example of Daniel just like buying things for people and assuming that they're going to be okay with it because it was, it's like, it's for the night you go back home, you know, so we can go out together. And it's like, well, what if she was planning on doing something else, Daniel? Resting or finishing yeah. packing. Or... Packing. Or she's, you know, she promised her aunt that she'd like help clean up the shop that one last night. Or maybe she doesn't like dancing at all. Yeah. Or did she, or did she say she does? Hmm. Um, no, you know what she does? She goes, Oh, Daniel, that is so sweet. <laughs> like, really? If I heard that from a girl that I was, you know, interested in, I'd be like, yeah, I'm definitely in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> like, not only talking to him like that, but I'm going to bring a mac and cheese for dinner. And I'm going to talk to him like he's a child. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I don't know. Is do you think Daniel's hoping for some like last night in LA romance? Like maybe a little maybe a little fling after dancing together? Like after I get to show off my moves. <laughs> Could be. They agreed not to, but he's uh he won't take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. Yep. Uh so suddenly the door opens and oh god, what happened to the lights again? Uh <laughs> must be snake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, what's with turning the lights out? Like, what just kind extra of intimidation? intimidation. Is, is that intimidating or is it just like, I don't know, there's like a moment of confusion. <laughs> it's like, what happened to the lights? Oh, that jerk. Now you can't see. Neither can I, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, di- where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it'd be great if he always turned off the lights before he attacked somebody and he, he had uh, night vision goggles on. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, I also noticed that uh, Daniel and Miyagi have a payphone in there. I, I wonder if they have it turned so it's like a regular phone. Hmm. Like a cool-looking novelty thing. What was this building before? It was a fruit packing place. Yeah. So maybe they were like, well, we don't have a phone for our workers. Well, you you, you need to pay to, to call, call home for a ride or whatever. Mm-hmm. Bring a dime or something. Um, so Snake is followed by Mike and, and looks, looks like karate instructor Dennis has decided to join the fun. Um, and their intimidation tactics also include Dennis just walking around the shop like a customer and, uh, cause he's just like picking up things, looking at things. Mm-hmm. And Mike goes ahead and takes the mac and cheese from Jessica, which upsets her. My but, dude. uh, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Daniel's just like, oh, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm telling you, what, I'm, to get out of here. And I, I just want to like, Daniel, this is retail. You're going to have to get used to this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just walk it in, thinking they yeah. own the place. The hellscape that is retail. <laughs> yes. If you just can't handle constant. these guys, how are you going to handle handle your first Karen? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Just constant harassment from strangers. Is that, that That's retail. And hopefully they'll give you some money for the harassment. <laughs> Um, uh, so, um, yeah, he says, uh, you know, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to sign the application or I'm not going to compete, you know, just take your friends, get out of here. And, uh, and, uh, and then, and Mike's like, Hey, Dennis, he didn't sign yet. So Dennis is just like, ah, I'm going to kill these Shoji, Shoji sheens, <laughs> Shoji screens. Yeah. I can't <laughs> say that. Like, what do these screens ever do to Dennis? <laughs> they were in his way. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because Daniel just keeps arguing. Like, he keeps a level head. Like, Dennis has just destroyed something that I'm assuming that Mr. Miyagi made. You know, because mm. it looks like fresh wood, doesn't it? Like, it doesn't look like it's been built, not bought. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, they got all that good wood there, so uh, <laughs> they took advantage of all the good wood. I mean, he's he's trying to be a good Miyagi-Do student and not ask Yeah. Him. He's like, don't you get it? Like yeah, he, they get it, Daniel. They're just they, you realize there's they're, like they're a bunch of they're, they're bullies. You've dealt with bullies before, you know. Um, and uh, and Daniel like steps across the room, and Jessica tries to help. And did you notice Mike's just like stay there? Yes, uh, it's very much. Uh, it really feels like the beach scene in a way when like Dutch like grabs Allie. It's like we're not gonna beat on the girl. We'll just hold the girl back. Yeah. I, I can't you gotta imagine. Hold her, gotta hold her back because, you know, she could, maybe she knows kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. 
Um, so yeah, Daniel steps steps over and he just tells Dennis, he's like, just take off, all right? And uh, Dennis says, you take off. And uh, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the McKenzie brothers or like Strange Brew. <laughs> like, take off, loser. <laughs> That's a Canadian <laughs> thing. Come on now. I know, I know but it's a little <laughs> like. It's a little bit before my time. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to avoid that one. <laughs> Stereotype of uh, Canada. Everybody calls each other hosers. <laughs> I've never heard that said ever, except in reference <laughs> to that skit. I heard that everybody cooks ham up there, <laughs> and they call each other hosers. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. What do you think of that comeback? Dennis's only line in this movie is, you take off. <laughs> really? That's his only line? That's his only line. I mean, uh, it's 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 a little bit. I know you are, but what am I? But it's like, <laughs> at least it's not. You're a jerk. At least it's not take a worm for a walk week. <laughs> that is that the lowest of the low. That yes. <laughs> Didn't we have one last week that was similar though? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we made that reference last week, but um, I can't remember what it was for. But I'm going to try to remember that. For, I'm sure there's something in Next Karate Kid that's got to be the got to be even worse. <laughs> but yeah, William Christopher Ford uh, said in an interview that uh, he really thanks Ralph Macchio for giving him his only line. He was supposed to not even get any lines, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Ralph, I guess, um, I guess uh, asked John Avelson to give him a line because he needed something to work off of when he went over as a confront Dennis. And uh, I guess it really meant a lot to him. And during the reunited apart panel, he thanked him for it. Well, I mean, when you get a line, don't you like, don't you get a pay bump too? I think so. Yeah. And you're eligible to join like SAG after or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, Daniel, uh, Dennis shoves him. Daniel shoves him back. Dennis throws a right hook, but Daniel waxes off, more phrasing, um, and then punches him in the chest uh, two times, knees him. Or, yeah, punches. Oh, yeah, I love that we get some, like, like karate here where it seems that Daniel's so well-trained. He not only blocks, but he also attacks at the same time. Hmm. He he does the wax off and he, he and then with the left and he leads you know launches a fist into his chest with his right. So come on now you got what you, this is good form right man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, and uh, and it, speaking of uh, knees to the groin last week, Dennis gets a knee to the groin. <laughs> yeah, and gets thrown into some shelves. Uh, I would love for you and our listeners, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen it before, but it is a short film called Shoji Screens Don't Hit Back. And oh, it, oh. It, it is a film uh, created by William Christopher Ford uh, as a Dennis follow-up, like wow. his very own Cobra Kai. <laughs> when was this? This was done a few years ago. Uh, I think it was after Cobra Kai. Uh, but it is really... It's like, it's so sad, you know, it's like he, he like, he's sitting on a park bench and next to him is a, like a pair of shoji screens <laughs> and he's just kind of like, uh, musing. And then he's like, I don't know, he's like doing like kata and stuff and it, it's flashing back to 
the scene when Daniel pounds Dennis like over and over and over again. <laughs> it is it is this whole thing where he's just trying to like uh uh get over it. He's still not over it like 35 years later or whatever. <laughs> love that one love interaction. That <laughs> I, I think it's meant to be kind of a little bit funny, but yeah. Yeah. It was almost his like his uh his uh audition for Cobra Kai or something he just decided to do. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it's, it's canon in my mind. Yeah, yeah. You should check it out. I'll I'll, I'll send you a link. Okay. I'll try to post remember to post it in the group, but I probably won't. Um so <laughs> look it up, people. Uh and finally, Snake is stunned that the karate instructor was so easily taken out by Daniel. I mean, he's just the karate kid. Dennis is the karate instructor. He should have been able to, you know, trounce him, but no. Let's see why so, on his resume. Yeah, I thought you taught karate. That means you're like, you know how to do karate. And he steps forward to get involved and immediately gets a casserole dish to the stomach by Jessica. (laughs) Not bad. Good for Jessica. I hope nothing happens here, but it is the end of uh, our segment here. And I I do think it's it's time for us all to take off. So, um, I, unless you have anything else for these three bits, but. I don't know. We're this is like what, like thirty-five to forty minutes now for this one. I mean, really, do you think I maybe we should look up some more macaroni and cheese facts or anything like that before we? No. No, I think we went long enough. <laughs> well, please send feedback to KarateKidMinute at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, join our Facebook group. It's called Miyagi Do Karate Dojo, or just search for Karate Kid Minute and you'll find us. And please, you got a minute. Give us a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're enjoying the show. And until next time. Hey, you know what I like? (laughs) 